Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Asset Allocation Weekly Report dated April 23, 2021. We look today at how the U.S. government calculates changes in rents and home prices and why the process can result in a consumer price index that may not accurately measure true inflation, at least for many investors. I'm Phil Adler. I'm speaking with Confluence Investment Management staff economist Thomas Wash. Thomas, starting with the bottom line first, is this basically another cautionary note for investors that there's often more to economic reports than meet the naked eye and and headline numbers aren't necessarily to be trusted as a basis for investment decisions? Well, I won't go as far as to say not to trust the headline numbers, but rather it is important for investors to know that the statistics aren't always straightforward. For example, the CPI doesn't really track housing directly. Instead, it tries to approximate it through owner's equivalent rent. So the Bureau of Labor Statistics asked respondents what they think they could charge for their homes if they were to rent it out, as opposed to what it costs for them to own it. I think it's fair to say the consumer price index is generally trusted by investors as a basic measure of inflation. But let's dive more into the way those numbers are calculated. Now, what percentage of the overall CPI is driven by housing costs? Shelter prices represent about a third of the headline CPI and about 40% of core CPI. So shelter has quite an important overall impact on the CPI. Now let's break it down. How much of this shelter component of the CPI is made up of rents and how much by permanent housing costs? Well, within shelter, uh, rent makes up about 24% of it. And the owner's equivalent rent, which is a way to substitute for housing costs, makes up about 73%. And again, how does the government calculate permanent housing costs as opposed to rents? The government doesn't really calculate housing directly. Instead, it looks to approximate the owner's equivalent rent by asking consumers to estimate what they believe renters would be willing to pay to rent out their homes. So sale prices for housing are absolutely not reflected in the Consumer Price Index. I wouldn't say that sales price has nothing to do with consumer price index, as most consumers are more likely to anchor their estimates to their mortgage payments, which is ultimately determined by the home price. However, I do think that homeowners are more likely to consider outside factors when answering the question. Let's take a city like New York, for example. If you are a homeowner living there, you are likely aware of the decline in home prices that are happening citywide. Thus, you are likely to lower what you expect you could get for your home if you were to rent it out. Do you think that calculating permanent housing expenses in this way is problematic and that it may rely on inexpert projections? Well, in, in my opinion, relying on estimates can make the index very subjective because to some degree it relies on consumer sentiment. During a recession, for example, respondents are more likely to lower their estimates of how much they could charge for rent. Thomas, how has the pandemic impacted costs for the shelter component of the CPI? What's the recent history? Well, in short, the pandemic has weighed on shelter prices. 
rents have fallen as people have largely migrated out of major cities, while owners-renters equivalent has waned for a similar reason. We suspect that the reason for this migration is that people now want more space because they're working at home. Another possible reason is that people are becoming more aware of possible airborne diseases that are common in densely populated cities. As a result, it is not clear whether or not this is a temporary or permanent change. As a result, it is not clear whether this is a temporary or permanent change. There is some speculation that rent in urban areas could rebound after the eviction moratoriums end, but I'm not sure if I'm confident in that prediction. If landlord evicts all the people that owe back rent, then all they really did was expand supply and flood the market with people who have already struggled with rent payments. So I, I don't really see how demand can rise because of that. But that's my opinion. You say the cost of shelter in urban areas has gone down while the cost in the suburbs and rural areas has gone up. Now, what gets the most weight in the consumer price index? Yes, you're correct. Rent prices in major cities have taken a dip while other areas have seen an increase. Urban areas, because it has more people, are more heavily weighted within that index. Could you argue perhaps that the CPI may not accurately take into account population migration away from the urban areas? You can make the case that an increase in prices in non-urban areas may not be fully reflected in the index. Thus, the price changes due to wealthier people migrating to relatively cheaper areas may not be reflected fully in this index. Thomas, it's easy to see how the average person looking for a house to buy in the suburbs might be startled by the recent sharp increases in purchase prices there and expect this increase to somehow show up in the consumer price index. Do you think this is a common expectation? Well, I think we kind of have our own individual price index that affects the way we see inflation. And this doesn't merely just pertain to solely housing. For example, I have a one-year-old at home, so if the price of diapers increases, it is really going to affect my budget. However, for people without kids, this price change will likely go unnoticed. So there's a bit of subjectivity when looking at someone's basket of goods or the price of their basket of goods. Well, looking at it another way, the average amateur investor might look at the consumer price index and discount a modest increase because of his or her personal experience of sharply rising expenses. The index might say this, but I know differently. Can it be dangerous as an investor to act on these impulses? It really comes down to the investor's reasoning. If the investor is worried that the current return he's receiving from his portfolio is not enough to compensate for his rising expenses, then a portfolio rebalance is somewhat justifiable. However, if the investor is concerned that rising expenses in his or her budgets are more reflective of inflation and CPI, we like to remind them that they represent one out of a possible 300 million people. Thus, it is possible for average inflation for the country to be different for them as a person. As one economic joke goes, if you stick your head in the oven and your feet in the cooler, on average, you're fine. In other words, what I'm trying to say is the index takes into account 
the inflation experience of various ranges due to various people. And they try to capture the average experience for the average person, if that makes any sense. It does. What does Confluence Investment Management expect for shelter costs and their impact on the overall CPI going forward? We kind of expect shelter costs to rise over the next several months, but not enough to have a strong impact on inflation. We are already seeing some of that rise in rent costs, but we expect owners' equivalent rent to remain relatively weak as consumer confidence continues to lag where they were pre-pandemic. Thank you, Thomas. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice, and this information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler.